This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 10th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. The debate surrounding fuel economy standards revolves almost exclusively around how much they should be raised, and not if the government ought to be regulating fuel economy at all. Cato Institute senior fellow Jerry Taylor comments on the state of the debate. The conventional debate surrounding CAFE standards is almost exclusively about how much CAFE standards ought to be raised and not whether or not we should have them at all. Could you talk about the debate as it stands now? Well, that's that's a fair characterization. The underlying assumption is the government must do something to reduce fuel consumption. The question is why. Uh, what evidence do we have that market actors are over-consuming fuel? Now, for, for a lot of people in, in Washington or in public policy, the idea that uh, you could defend current levels of fuel use seems pretty bizarre and alien to them, right? But, of course, we know that zero fuel use isn't what we're shooting for. If it were, we just uh, ban the internal combustion engine and mandate Flintstone cars. But we don't do that. Nobody's serious would do that because we know that there is a certain level of energy consumption that's worthwhile. Okay, what's the optimal level of energy consumption? Well, according to Econ 101, it's at a level where prices are free. Whatever you get when prices are accurate and reflect all costs and benefits, that's the amount of, uh, that's what constitutes optimal consumption. In other words, every time somebody buys gasoline, they're judging that the gasoline is more valuable than the money they're giving up. And vice versa, if they're not buying it, then they're judging the money to be more valuable than the gasoline. And however much energy consumption you get when prices are fair and accurate equals the right or slash optimal consumption for gasoline. Now, what evidence do we have that consumers overconsume? Nothing whatsoever that I can tell. Uh, economist uh, named Molly Espy from uh, Clemson looked at consumer behavior in 2002, and what she found is that consumers fairly valued the fuel efficiency of the cars they bought. In other words, they were willing to pay more for fuel-efficient cars based on the uh, the fact that they'd get uh, uh, fewer fuel bills down the road when they operated those cars. In other but words, now that desire though goes up and down with gas. Sure, prices. when prices are low, people are not less interested in investing more upfront for a fuel-efficient car than they might be when prices are high, and that's perfectly defensible. In other words, there's no good economic argument for the proposition that consumers are underinvesting in uh, in uh, fuel-efficient cars at present, none whatsoever. Now, you and Peter Van Doren draw a distinction between. Uh, the idea of regulating fuel economy and regulating tailpipe emissions. Most people don't really care to understand that distinction. Right. There, there's the, one of the uh, little-known facts about uh, air pollution regulation in America today is that we regulate tailpipe emissions not based on gallon of gasoline consumed, but based on vehicle mile traveled. What that means is a more fuel-efficient car could have less pollution control technology and still meet the standard vis-a-vis a car that got less uh, miles per gallon. And that's one of the, re- and one of the ways that uh, uh, automakers meet fuel economy standards is by cutting back on the amount of capital they have to spend in uh, emissions control technology. So a professor named Andy Clyde at Penn State University did a study on this and found that if you increase CAFE standards, you are uh, uh, unfortunately going to be increasing pollution by 2 3 or 4 5%, depending upon the constituent. So the idea that increasing fuel efficiency is going to reduce pollution has it exactly wrong. It has the perverse effect of actually increasing pollution given the way we regulate tailpipes. Now, if we had a world in which we were regulating tailpipe emissions by gallon of gasoline consumed, that'd be a different story, and the problem wouldn't exist. But nobody at the present moment is talking about changing the uh, the air pollution regulations to uh, affect cars in that manner. 
why is it advocated that consumers would be better off with more fuel-efficient cars? It's hard to know because the argument's absolutely incoherent. I mean, we can have two worlds. We can have a world in which car makers make the cars that consumers want to buy or a world in which car makers make the cars that politicians want consumers to buy. We can't have it both ways. A cafe standard is essentially substituting political judgment for market judgment about what's being made. Now, you can maintain that if you want to hold the proposition that consumers are stupid that they don't know what's in their best interest, and that it's as important for the government to regulate my behavior in the market like it is for a parent to regulate a six-year-old's behavior uh, when out in public. Now, you can hold that proposition, and some people actually believe those sorts of things. Uh, I don't. Uh, the, second prop- the second argument you could make is that consumers aren't paying the true price for gasoline because we're not including in the price a host of externalities associated with fuel consumption. Therefore, prices are lower than is proper, and therefore consumption is greater than is necessary, and cafe standards are a way of remedying that, uh, that uh, market problem. Uh, you can make that case. We published a study recently on uh, the uh, gasoline tax, however, where Peter Van Dorn and I uh, took those arguments apart one by one. Uh, not to go through them in great detail, but in brief, there are externalities associated with driving, but they have virtually nothing to do with the price of gasoline. So, for instance, are there externalities associated with congestion? Absolutely. Congestion costs the economy a great deal of money. It costs people a great deal of money and time and lost productivity and, and that sort of thing. But if you increase the price of gasoline, you're not going to address congestion at all. It's just going to increase the price of gasoline. Uh, for instance, in Great Britain, gasoline taxes are far higher than in the United States. Fuel costs are far higher than in the United States. And yet, until recently, London was one of the most congested cities in the nation. When they imposed uh, tolls, however, on inner city roads in London, congestion dropped like a rock. In other words, the proper remedy to the problem isn't an increase in fuel prices. The proper remedy to the problem is, an, is congestion-based pricing. You can go through this over and over again. Whatever the externality, if it's an environmental externality, we don't want to increase gasoline costs just generally. What you want to do is increase the cost of pollution, or you want to tighten the fuel, the, uh, the tailpipe regulations. Increasing gasoline costs is not going to be a very efficient remedy to that problem. Jerry Taylor is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more on energy policy at our website, cato.org.